Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the MVM show. I'm Titus with my co-host Thomas, and we're here today with Brandon Fiend. Guys, if you haven't heard of him before, he's a great photographer, young guy, and uh, I went, I want, I want to say up and coming photographer, but he's been doing it for a while, and he has incredible photography. So, but before we get started, just want to remind you guys, if you can help us out, give us a rating and review on iTunes. If you listen to that way, it really helps us out. Helps us spread it around. Also, you can check us out, Mid Valley Mercenaries on Instagram, Facebook, and also YouTube. So we're going to go ahead and get right into the podcast today. So how you doing, Brandon? Good. How about you guys? Doing good, man. That's good. That's been, good. Running, been running around, busy with work. You, you just get out of school or what? Yeah, I just got out of school today around 4 o'clock. So been home for about an hour, just kind of laid back, not, not really doing much. Do you, have, do you have a busy week? We were just talking before we went on air about you going to the um to the deal at Kittles. You do you do you go up there much? Um, Kittles, I'm always I'm always in Calusa like during season, but that was my first time at the the Kittles calling contest. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, no, so it was fun. But our duck blind is is uh on uh, Butte Slough Road, so we we um when we come from Vacaville because that's where we live, we uh, take five hundred five to Highway Five, and then that. Eventually drops us off at Calusa. We pass through Calusa and we get to our blind in the sink from there. Right on. Big shout out to Kittles, guys. The Kittles in Calusa, California. It's an incredible store. They also have a, a website too. So if anybody listening wants to check them out, super cool guys. I know both the owners, uh, their brothers, and the staff. Really, they're super friendly. And that's that is like <laughs> the first time me and Thomas walked in that store. It was just like mind blowing. You know, I was like, oh, it says everything. Duck Hunter's Paradise. Yeah, everyone. Everyone says it's like the, uh, um, God, what's the what's the one? Yeah. the Stugger of Arkansas. Oh, is that what they say? Yeah, yeah. Cause um, actually, when I brought Jake over uh, to California, we we went over to uh, Calusa, and he. This was before I had visited Stugger in Arkansas ever. He was like, "Wow, this town really reminds me of a." Uh, the capital of duck hunting, Stuggard, Arkansas. And I was really? Like, I say that. Yeah, he's, that was the first thing he mentioned. Uh, we even took him to Jeff's, went in the Kittles. Uh, yeah, no, we did the whole the whole thing. That's cool. Obviously, obviously, Calusa's on a smaller scale than Stuggard, but right. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a cool town. I could totally live there, honestly. Yeah, I would. I I could do the same. What do they call Kittles? I think it's like what's their slogan? There is a slogan. It's like it's like uh, the biggest little. Yeah, waterfowl or it's, it's something like that. Yeah. Something, Biggest it's legendary. Yeah, it's it is, legendary. Totally. Well, Brandon, why don't you uh, tell us about yourself? Tell us what you got going on, and just kind of your age and all that good stuff. Let everybody know. Yeah, yeah. Um, my name is Brandon Fien. I am a 17 year old at that goes to Vacaville High School. I'm a senior. Um, I have a big passion for the outdoors, and the way I express my passion is through photography and and videography and. Um, when I was 13 years old, I picked up a camera from my mom's closet just because, you know, my, I just felt the, the need to, uh, show the world my, my love for the outdoors. And, um, my way of doing that was through pictures. And that same day I picked up a camera, I rode my bike to a, a nearby Creek by my house and found some wood ducks and started snapping pictures. And, you know, they were, they were not good pictures, but I, <laughs> I loved them. And I, I showed everyone at school and everyone was like, Oh yeah, nice Brandon. I was like, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> nobody was ex- as excited as you were. Oh, <laughs> uh, nobody, nobody. But, um, but no, I'm, I'm glad I, I picked up a camera. Uh, it, it was, it's a fun journey and I'm, I'm still learning every day and, um, yeah, I, I take pictures in the Butte sink. Um, I started out doing mostly wildlife and, you know, ducks and geese and everything, but throughout the years, I've kind of learned the importance of showing the whole, the whole story, which means lifestyle, people, gun dogs, habitat, conservation, 
Um, and I, I'm starting, I'm slowly learning the, uh, the ropes of it all. And it's, it's just a fun journey. And, um, meeting people along the way has been a huge asset. And, uh, that's, that's ultimately how I, how I met my, uh, my biggest mentor in the industry, which is Jake Latondris. And he's kind of been my, uh, my guiding light because of how young I was at the, at the, at the beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really know what I was doing with or how I was going to do it. All I knew that I was just taking pictures just cause I loved it. And, um, and yeah, I kind of just evolved into a, into a semi-professional job. Um, you know, meeting people, meeting companies, making connections. It's, it's all been a learning process and it's been a fun one. So yeah, that's about it. That's crazy, man. So I've seen uh, that you were kind of, we were kind of laughing when we were at the um, Tangle Free meetup uh, the weekend before last and you're like, oh man, don't show, they were playing a, the video of you, kind of your story and whatever. Yeah. But uh, I've seen you out there on the bike, headed out to take pictures. What what do you uh, what do you what's your kind of routine that you got when you're going to go out and take pictures? Uh, well, that was um, for the first two years of my career. You know, I didn't have. I, I I started out 13 years old, so I took pictures 14, 15, and then when I got to 16, I got my license. But when I was 13, 14, and 15, I um, I would usually wake up in the morning, pick up whatever bike was left from. <laughs> My brothers would always go out, spend the night, and I uh, would just pick up whatever bike was there. Um, the nearest lake from my house, or the nearest body of water, uh, is about four or five miles. And uh, every single day at around 5 a.m., I'd pick up my bike, go ride, get the sunrise pictures, and see if there was ducks or not. And this lake I was going to was, you know, I mean, it was tucked away in the hills, and all these birds were wild, but, like, the, the lake that I was going to was um, – the the selection was small and mm-hmm. it wasn't a refuge it wasn't like it wasn't like the biggest selection or the biggest number of birds you've ever seen but that's just kind of how I started and obviously there's creeks around my house and I I figured out that there was wood ducks in there my personal personally one of my favorite birds um, they just seem so photogenic so pretty so right. neat. Um, and I I know a lot of people feel the same way yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. That's basically how I would do it. There would be some days I'd ride my bike for ten miles. Some days I'd ride my bike for thirty miles. And it's just, you know, it depends. It's a, it depends. You know, going around town. I some days I feel like uh, I go to the lake and then I go to the creek and then I go back to the lake for sunset. And uh, you know, my dad would would give me would give me because I'd be out on the on the technically the road on my bike uh, for entire days and. Um, you know, my phone would die, and I'd get back home late, and you'd be, "Where have you been? Taking pictures of ducks, Dad?" <laughs> uh, which is not, you know, not something you normally hear from a fourteen-year-old boy. Right, right, right. Uh, hey. But yeah, no, that's that's basically how it goes. Uh, there's there's a, there's been a few incidents with police officers. You know, I'd be out on the bike so early in the morning with a big camera bag, you know, hoodie on, it's cold. And uh, I remember there was one there was this one time I'd been pulled over, like they flashed on their lights, and I was on my bike. And uh, they were like, hey, hey, son, what are you doing out this this early in the morning? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going out to take pictures. And they're like, of what? It's dark. And I was like, oh, <laughs> usually, I get, usually I get to this lake over here and I take pictures of wildlife. He was like, okay, well, do you mind if we check your bag? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, they were surprised when I, I pulled out a camera and not drugs and right. stuff yeah. you'd normally expect. But um, they're like, oh, that's awesome. And then. They were like, "Hey, can I follow? Do you have an Instagram?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." And they ended up following me on Instagram, which was kind of <laughs> cool. cool. That is cool. Uh, but yeah, they just let me go. They were like, "Yeah, just remember to, you know, wear a helmet and <laughs> don't ride on the sidewalk." And I was like, "All right, thank you, officer." And hey, uh, we went, we went on our way. Hey, so Brandon, I was looking at a lot of your pictures on Instagram, and you got a lot of amazing uh, uh, pictures of of birds in flight. So I was just kind of wondering, like. How long did it take you to get, I guess, good at at that at, at getting shots, sharp, moving shots, sharp images? Yeah, yeah moving oh, shots okay. in focus. You yeah. know what I mean? I can honestly say that shooting a gun is easier than shooting a camera, as far as person's light. I, I believe that. Um, I mean, I have this big long lens, and it gets me close to the birds, but. It's imagine yourself looking through a keyhole, mm-hmm. and then not only that, you have to track the bird, you have to focus the bird, and also snap a picture and line all of those aspects up. And not only 
I mean, when you're hunting, you have to worry about wind and at sometimes light, but light is everything in photography and videography. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you want the, ideally you want the wind and the sun at your back so that the birds are all lit up and they're landing into you. Mm. But most times, most times in California, you get a north wind and with a north wind, that means backlit subjects. And if you've ever hunted a refuge, you know, the sun is in your eyes when the birds are landing into you. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that's, uh, that's what you don't want in photography. So, um, I guess, I mean, I'm still, I, like I said, I'm still learning and I'm not perfect at it in any way. Um, but I guess the way I got good at it was during the summertime, I would pick the hardest bird to, to track and I was a dove and I would take pictures of dove and like blackbirds and everything in the summer. So that by the time I got to, um, to duck season, when I had birds landing into me, it would be easy. And, uh, I learned that I can, um, when I focus, I learned back button focus, which on a camera, there's you either have shutter focus or back button focus. And with back button, back button focus, you can focus with your thumb and kind of feather it to line it up perfectly. Whereas shutter focus will will uh, will kind of just focus until it's ready to take a picture. And and then um, I guess it, it just gave me more control. And I ended up shoot. I I learned how to use manual mode with my camera, and that gave me um, freedom to shutter speed, aperture, and ISO and that's all th- that's the three triangles of light and when you're photographing um, moving birds you need to keep your shutter speed really really high because if you don't then the pictures will come out kind of blurry when you're tracking a, a moving subject and I just learned all that through through YouTube and kind of self-taught and just practice and it's I can say that it's still trial and error um, there are there will always be more blurry images than than good images I'll sometimes I'll go out on a day and get 2000 photos and I have one, maybe one good one that I, that I'm satisfied. That with. you're proud of. Yeah. Man. And then the, and then there'll be other days that I like, it's, I mean, it's like a sport. Like you you have your good days, you have your bad so days. So you're, so you're hunting for that one epic photo basically like. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and a wildlife is so hard because I mean, with you can't stage wildlife and you can't say, Hey, mm-hmm. do this again or Hey, do that again or land in this way. So you just have to, be prepared for it all and if you miss it and you miss it and uh i guess that i guess learning how to shoot wildlife has also like learning how to shoot wildlife in that manner um has taught me that the the way i, I like to do my photography now is not stage everything have the, everything really raw mm-hmm. and um full of emotion and i learned that i talked to uh, ben potter last weekend and that was that's a lot of his style is just really raw he'll never tell you what to do or or do this stage there or, or anything or do this again. And I just think it's very unique. Um, and it's like the photographer's job that they need to tell a story, but in an original way mm-hmm. and never, ever do like a retake if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. I don't no, think people appreciate yeah. like the, the difficulty of not only, not only videoing or photographing wildlife, but also telling a story while doing it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like cool. it's insane how hard it is, really. Mm-hmm. And my always my goal is to tell a story, and and uh, that's why that's why now I prefer people and and the scene and everything, the whole story of hunting. And I still love wildlife too. That that will always be one of my favorite subjects. But I guess the human aspect and relating to humans, uh, at people, um, hunting. Because in this in this day and age, it's, hunting is kind of a misunderstood craft. Right. Uh, I just want to I want to tell the story how I feel hunting means to me, mm-hmm. and that's um that's not many dead dead animals, more of more of the grit, the hard work, the raw emotion and love we have for the outdoors that that makes us pursue this craft. Yeah, uh, is why we do that, and. And yeah, I guess I guess that's all I have to say about telling the story in, in that aspect. Well, uh, as you saying that, um, I'm sitting there. You know that that picture to me, I'd rather see that that video, that little short clip video that you put the last one you put on your Instagram of that uh, widgeon. I'd rather mm-hmm. see that any day than a pile of birds. Like I was just, I must have watched yeah. that probably 20 times, and like, and then I showed Thomas. I'm like, dude. Listen to his whistle and just watch him walk around. It's like, oh man, it's just like yeah, that, making me drool, you know. Like that bird was a stud, and he knew. Oh it. my goodness, man, was he ever? Yeah. So yeah. you know what? I forgot to say. Uh, why don't you go ahead and 
why don't you go ahead and shout out your your Instagram um, account? And you got I don't know if you want to do both or just the the main photography one. Yeah, so I have I have a, a photography account on Instagram, and that's a uh, that's Brandon Fiend Photo um, Fiend as in F I E N. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I post all my my whole portfolios up there. I post all my pictures, and and now now that I'm starting to get into video, I'll start posting videos up there. Um, I, I try to post every single day during duck season, um, off season, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to get pictures, uh, just because of my, you know, I can't really travel and still in school and still kind of subject to home. But, um, but yeah, no more and more as we start getting into dove season and duck season, you'll start, you'll start seeing me upload more and more. I'm, I'm very active. That's, that's my whole new updated portfolio. I also have a website. Um, the website is in my link in my bio. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it's a great guys. You got to go check that Instagram out. I hope, well, do you, do you have a Facebook too, Brandon, or is it just a more of a personal thing on Facebook? Yeah, I have, I have a second Instagram account and I have a second, um, Facebook account and that's all for personal use. Okay. I, I, I use my, uh, my Instagram account for advertising, same with my website. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. But, um, yeah, I was kind of curious, like, I wonder and I don't want mean to put you on the spot with this, but like we know how people really steal a lot of photos on Instagram. I've noticed, and I'm just like not, I'm not down for that. Like I don't know, it's kind of like, man, why don't you just kind of post your own stuff? Like I don't know. But do you do you have a lot of people stealing your content? I'm sure you do. Every day. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Is that? Every I mean, day. how do you feel about that? I mean, I, you know, you know, um, it's it's funny. Like it's my emotions or my feelings towards that have changed over a while. Um, before, like I ever, I guess, I guess in my first year of photography, um, if I saw somebody repost one of my pictures, I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Somebody likes my work so much that they want to repost it. But now mm-hmm. that it's like, like every day and it's like, people are just like, are using my images to uh, promote their own Instagram account yeah. or book account. It's like, it's just kind of getting old. I mean, I appreciate the people that ask. Right. And usually I'll say yes. Like, Hey, yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like, I mean, it's just kind of like overrated. And then I, I, and then I'll get like these small companies coming up to me. He's like, Hey man, we love, we love for you to, to work for us and take pictures for our account. And they're like, okay, well here's my rate. And then they're like, Oh, well we were just thinking like, uh, we would post your stuff and you get exposure. And I'm like, you know, at this point I don't really care about like followers or like, mm-hmm. cause it doesn't really matter to me. And right. Money doesn't really matter to me either, but I'd rather I'd rather, you know, my, my, I feel like my work is worth more than just exposure. Yeah. And the thing is, money is going to come that way, but you're not sitting there only, you're not doing this for money, but money will yeah. come. It's the, it's the, it's such a better angle to come at it is like, I'm doing, what I love and wow, people, well, let's roll right into your kind of partnership with uh, Tangle Free and Sitka. That's a pretty cool deal there you got going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. And fortunately I do get paid through Tangle Free and, and, um, I, I guess like that that's just come of me, my passion and, mm-hmm. and like not trying to to work for anything. And that and it's funny because there's a there's a there's a part in my career where I was like, Oh, I just wanna get sponsored. Like it would just be so cool to say I was with this with, with this company or that company. And then I just got to a point where it's old, like I'm just gonna take pictures and do this because I love it and mm-hmm. that's when I that's when I really started to to grow and that's when my work had the most drastic changes because you'll learn when you start doing things for the wrong reasons that um, like everything else just doesn't seem to make sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I guess like, I mean, it's easy for somebody to get off track and just worry about like the fame and right. like get your, getting your name out there. But I mean, it was, it was tough to learn, but like just doing it for the right reasons and surrounding yourself with good people is um, what it's really about, and that's why I surrounded myself with the people at Tangle Free and Sitka Gear, and and um, having my mentor Jake Latondras by my side has just been huge. And uh, I guess I guess all I all I really could say is that the people around you are worth way more than money could yeah. ever buy. Said very well. Absolutely. <laughs> Said very well. So what's some what's some of your hobbies, man? I mean, you're taking pictures. There's got to be some uh, other things you don't mind doing. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, of course I like hunting and fishing. Um, usually in the summer we, me and my friends all have 
these old trucks that we like to work on and and you know we wear boots and jeans around school and you know we're loud and obnoxious um <laughs> but but we like to work on trucks and old cars and i've kind of in the last year or two i i got this really cool i made this really cool friend uh, his name's andrew and he's a big car guy and you know before that i wasn't really into cars but then I discovered that my grandpa had this old 75 Ford and I was around 14 at the time. And, you know, it's just been sitting in the side yard and I really didn't have my eye on it until I, I met this friend and he was telling me about all these cool things. And I started looking at it in a different way. And I was like, wow, that truck is really cool. And then I ended up, you know, for two years, bringing it out, fixing it up and restoring it. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. And, me and my friends like to work on our own trucks. I got the 75 Ford. He's got the 86 Chevy square body. And, you know, most of my friends actually have square bodies. And uh, somebody's got a 69 Mustang. And I, I, I guess this whole little group is just little little car nerds now. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. My That's friend's awesome. got this big old 7.3, and it's dope. Rolls cold, but obnoxious little, little teenage truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. That's yeah. fun. That's a good yeah. skill to learn too, honestly. Yeah, no, it's actually yeah, exactly. Like not now any of my friends break down. We we know exactly what to do and mm-hmm. we tow each other and it's uh yeah, it's about it. It's not not really much going on here in, in Vacaville except for trucks, fishing, girls and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. At that age. Hey, so um I seen uh that uh Eurasian widget on there. Who shot that thing? Oh, uh well, it's actually that's actually a, a cool story. Um, we were hunting uh, to we were hunting our blind in the view sink. So this is where we were at, and um, I went somewhere. I went somewhere else, and I was by myself on a solo hunt. And then my dad calls me. He goes, "Brandon, your brother just shot a stud Eurasian wedge." And I'm like, "No, Ingway." And I, uh, <laughs> I, I literally uh, rush back over there. I, I see this bird, and I'm just in awe. I mean, I'm in awe. I mean, right. it was it was a bluebird day. I mean, they, I think they had like five or six birds, and I mean, it wasn't nothing special. And then this pair this pair came in, and then I guess my brothers dumped one, and and then um, I, I no, yeah, I know it was a pair, and it was a it was a euro and a pintail flying together. And my dad wow. shot the pintail, and he shot the euro. Wow. And, and uh, you know, my dad's never shot one. I'm like, and he's like, anyways. <laughs> but then, then uh, two, two weeks later, me and my other friend are hunting on this on like a same exact weather day. We had three birds. Actually, it was like it was a fun mixed bag. I, we had this. We had this weird spoonie. I shot a Drake wood duck. I also shot a Drake pintail. My my friend Steven shot a stud widgeon. And then another pair comes over the top, and it's north wind. And uh, I pull the trigger and I dump one and it lands in the water. I'm like, God, what the is that? Dog brings it back into Drake Euro Widgeon in the no same way. exact wow. spot. What in the two, world? What? Two Euro in two weeks and it was me and my brother. No way. That's crazy, yeah. dude. They're surely getting that mounted. Oh, yeah. No, they're getting mounted together. <laughs> that was and bad, dude. It's it's funny because um, my brother has this picture of him holding this Euro Widgeon on this Bluebird day in the and I was sitting in the same exact seat as him on a bluebird day, and we took the same exact picture. The only thing that was different was that it was different people. That'll never happen in a million years again. No, nope. ever. It'll never, ever, ever happen. And it's funny. <laughs> That's I've, crazy. My my dad probably has I don't know a couple dozen bands, and I have no bands, but he's got <laughs> no. He, he ain't got no euros. And I was like, <laughs> 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 so I'm assuming there's a little trash talking that goes on in your guys' oh, blind yeah. once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're. We're a sports family, so we're competitive. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, your brother was cool too. It was cool meeting your brother. Shout out to him and your buddies there. Those guys were cool. It was really fun talking to you guys there at that Tangle Free deal. Yeah, yeah. I guess um I guess my friend Cody, uh kind of sad story. He was diagnosed with Crohn's disease this summer and he he lost his whole, you know, senior summer and everything and he was mm-hmm. in the hospital. But I guess when he saw you, he was like, That's the guy I've been watching duck hunting videos all summer with i was like oh really and then uh saw me talking to you and he, he was kind of he said that he was kind of nervous to go introduce himself so <laughs> no he's <a> starstruck <laughs> <laughs> no i'm glad he i'm glad i got to talk to all you guys that was super cool yeah but yeah 
Um, so what? Um, l- let's get into a little bit and tell us about your relationship with Dick, Jake Latondras. And before we do, I just want to—if you guys haven't heard to—if you're in Waterfowl and you've never heard of Jake Latondras, this guy is honestly one of the most incredible photographers. And I, does he consider himself a videographer too? Because I mean, yes. I hate—I don't want to say that if he doesn't. But I mean, the, the videos that guy's done, the places that guys went. I would love to have him on, and he. I would love to have him on this podcast because he seems like such a sincere, kind, yeah. patient, willing to help. I mean, like I'm like, man, this guy. Because I heard him on um, whose podcast was that? I listened to him on. I can't remember whose podcast that was because I know he's been on several. But anyways, it was like really good, and I was just like, man, that is a that sounds like one of the nicest dudes in the world. Like literally, yeah. No, like he is. He is probably one of the most down to earth people I've ever met. And um, I, I consider Jake an artist. He's very genuine when he talks slow. Yes, he means every word he says, and and it's the energy that he he produces when he talks and when he speaks about you know really anything. Like you can just tell the whole room will just turn to him. And um, no wasted like it, words. It's all ears on Jake. Yeah, yeah. Anything that he says is if you ever get if you're ever fortunate enough to hear Jake talk, you should you should really pay attention and take every word to heart because every word that he says is from the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I met Jake was, um, was kind of a interesting way. Um, you know, like being 13, 14 year old me, I didn't really know anything. Uh, and then I had this guy message me on Instagram and he was like, Hey Brandon, like your work is amazing. And, we should get together. And I was like, Oh yeah, like for sure. Like I was, I was kind of, you know, I'm kind of skeptical when it comes to stuff like that. I didn't know like what to do. So I ended up telling my dad and my dad was, he didn't really know how to feel about it. And, um, I mean, we were, we were still very, very new into the industry and I was just at this point, I wasn't sponsored by any, any companies. I hadn't really, you know, didn't really think my work was that good, but, um, he didn't know how old I was and, he eventually found, he was looking at my work. He was like, man, like, like your the stories that you're telling with these wildlife are amazing, but the gear you're using is like, I can, I can tell the gear you're using isn't strong. And I was like, well, I just bought my thing. I just bought this camera from Costco. I actually, my first camera that the pictures that you're seeing mostly are from my mom's closet. And he was like, do you still live with your parents? I was like, yeah. He was like, wait, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 13. <laughs> and, at that, and at that point he was just blown away. And then he, he, uh, he went on a big paragraph and said, I need to make this a story. This is unbelievable. And, um, yeah, we ended up trading phone numbers, jumped on the call. We were very impressed by his manner and his presentation. And, um, me and my dad were like, well, how much is this going to cost? He was like, no, there is no charge. I, I want to tell this story. And uh, me and my dad were just kind of blown away. Like this was actually happening. Like what person, like who would be that nice to just reach out and tell a story about some kid in Vacaville, California of all places that just takes pictures with a camera. And then um, the things that he sees are, are quite amazing. And now that we've been friends for several years, it's, he's honestly my closest asset in this industry. And he, we've been out a couple of times. I, he came out to California made the video. I went out to Arkansas and I took pictures of him and his uh, son's first duck hunt in the flooded timber. And that was amazing. And it was me and my dad's first hunt in the flooded timber. It was, you know, Jake is a very, I don't want to say, <laughs> I don't want to say emotional, but he's very, he is very emotional and it's a good thing because he's very genuine and, the whole hunt was very, um, very emotional. Um, it was his son's first hunt. It was my, me and my dad's first hunt to put a timber. Some dreams were being made. And, um, I guess it was just, uh, I mean, just any time I get to spend with Jake is, is amazing. And, um, me and him have plans for later on down the road working together, which I'm very, I'm looking, I'm always looking forward to, to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he teaches me a lot not not only with photography but life lessons for that matter um just keeping my head straight and um yeah just just being there for me when i when i need it and he's great i can't say enough good things about him yeah he's he seems like it's close too that's so fortunate and so awesome that you guys become buddies like that and Mm -hmm. i'm sure you guys probably talk quite a bit huh yeah we, we talk often yeah 
That's good. Well, we'll get into, I kind of like to get into that here in a minute, just about the future with that. But since you brought it up, I'd like to kind of ask what's going on with the timber. How was that? How was that hunting the timber? Oh, that, that timber was, I mean, (laughs) I couldn't, I can't, I, it's hard for me to put it into words. Um, you know, for, for the longest time, I never thought like, I never thought I would ever step foot in flooded timber, let alone Greenbrier, which is, I guess what it, one of the most premier duck woods in, in Stuggard, Arkansas, actually in Arkansas, um, Greenbrier is, is renowned in, in that industry and in that place of the world. And we were fortunate enough to hunt there. And when I saw that first mallard break treetops, I didn't, I didn't even want to shoot the gun. I just wanted to watch and listen. And <laughs> the whole time I, I was sitting there, I was just, I was soaking it all in and, I mean, it was just, God, it's so hard to put into words just seeing the, seeing that, the, the, the intimacy and the intensity yeah. of that hunt is just unreal. And how up close and personal you are with, with that aspect of nature. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's I, amazing. Yeah. They're, and, I mean, they're committed. I think you and us, uh, my Tom, uh, Thomas and myself being California boys, like you said, that's just kind of like a, a dream just to be able to hunt that kind of environment. And it sounds mm-hmm. like from what you're saying, it was every bit as amazing or better than you thought it would be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah, no, I, I guess it's just, it's just so hard to put into words, the intimacy and the emotions of that hunt, because seeing that first mallard break treetops literally made me just want to put the gun down and watch for the, for the rest of the day. I didn't even care if I shot a duck. I, that just made my whole trip. I bet. Uh, listening, listening to, listening to Jim Ronquist calling. He, he was there with us and oh, cool. he was with us. Um, Jim Ronquist was calling and, and uh, Jake was there with his kid and his kid was shooting his BB gun. And uh, <laughs> I was there with, with, uh, with the retired CEO of Walmart international. He owns one third, one fourth of Greenbrier and he was hunting oh. with us. So Holy yeah, smokes. That was uh that was really cool and obviously my dad was there and he's a big <laughs> yeah I bet your dad just meeting your dad I bet you he was just over there like oh Brandon don't want to shoot I'll go ahead and shoot <laughs> oh yeah no I mean <laughs> don't get me wrong when I said I wanted to put the gun down I didn't <laughs> I, I I ended up I didn't I ended up picking up the camera more than I shot the gun but that yeah. first mount came in I one shot and i mean that just made my whole trip um listening to the mallards call back to jimbo when he yeah. was when he was calling i mean ah oh, i can i i wish i could could go back but i'll i'll relive those moments in my in my head for a long, long so time so i i got to know how was that shooting at a duck literally coming down like in the trees like that where they're almost trapped you know that's got it's so much different than we're used to out here uh, yeah, in california no, you know I mean, so is it just like shooting a sitting duck almost? I mean, yeah. I mean, the duck is literally trying to land on top of you. Yeah. And like, it's it's so cool. I was shoot. I was I was ended up shooting a twenty gauge. That's what I was gonna say. You probably just need a twenty gauge for that. Yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, um, yeah. There's no point of blowing them to bits, you know. Yeah. No, we all shot twenty gauges, and and I I feel like the satisfaction satisfaction of shooting a duck with a twenty gauge like they're just stone dead like I yeah. I mean those birds just like the the I guess the the pellets are so close together or something I don't yeah, right. know but I ended up shooting a twenty gauge um, when I came back to California and and now I'm shooting a twenty gauge and uh, I I just prefer that that's funny you know what I think that's kind of the trend that's going that way I've been hearing that more and more and more and it's funny because today I went and looked at twenty gauges and I was looking at that Benelli M two yeah. And then I was looking at the what is that? What is that other one, Thomas? I was I said it was talking the Franke the Affinity, Affinity, the Elite one, the twenty gauge. Those are both super nice guns. I mean, obviously the same maker or whatever, but I was just like, you know what? I mean, hey, why not shoot something if it's still gonna kill them and get them in close enough, you know, and it's it's easier on the old shoulder and it still does the same job. It just seems like it's it I don't know, it just seems fun to add that in I'm, I'm i plan on adding that in you know on the right hunts obviously yeah for sure for but, sure yeah so uh so i i kind of gave you a little bit of a warning and uh one that actually well let's see here i don't want to jump ahead of my questions here um did you do you guys have do you have your own hunting lab or is that like yours yeah. as a family or what or do you have your own personal no. we have a we have a black lab he's about three years old now his name's crash he ended up making the uh, the cover of Wild. This was my first cover ever um, being published in a magazine. 
he made the cover of Wildfire magazine. It was of uh, oh, is that him? I seen that. It was the one of a uh, the black lab yep. shadow, the whole face or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's that a cool it. shot. Yeah, that was a uh, that picture was taken in my bedroom. There's kind of a funny story behind that. He really, was, I, I turned off all my lights, and he, you know, um, when he uh, when he sees new people, he runs out to my room. He sits on my bed. My bed happens to. Uh, to oversee or sit next to a, a window and he always likes to sit next to the window and, and look outside. And, um, I ended up turning off all the lights outside and he looked at me and I just snapped a picture. And this was with this, this was a, with a camera that was uh, not expensive at all. I think this was with my kit, my Costco camera. And, um, yeah, no, the picture just, this, it just worked out. I brought it into Lightroom, which is one of my editing softwares and uh-huh. touched it up and, uh, came out, I was very satisfied with it, and oh, yeah. I, I never, I never thought I'd ever make a magazine cover, but that's where that picture landed. Joe Gonzell, um, editor of Wild Files, really good guy. He reached out and um, ended up using that for the uh, what is it, the the Big Dog issue of 2018. That's wow. got to feel awesome to be on the cover of Wildfowl. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, that's it's, one of the best really cool. waterfowl magazines we got. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with you. That's super awesome, man. So, uh, did you guys train your dog yourself, or did you did you guys uh, have someone else do it? Or uh, we did. We trained our dog ourselves for the most part. We have this, um, you know, we board our whenever we go on trips or whatever. Uh, we board our lab at a at this place in Sassoon, and uh, the guy while while we're boarding him there, he'll train him a little bit and, oh, wow. and teach stuff. But most of it has just kind of been on me and my dad. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's the, my uh, my dog too. I did it myself. Well, I use a uh, Chris Aiken. I don't know if you know. Do you know him? It seems like you know a lot of people. You might know Chris Aiken too. I, uh, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. Right. All right. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, so I kind of gave you a warning, uh, before this podcast tonight, and I got two different questions. The first one is, what's what was your funniest duck hunting story? My funniest duck hunting story. Yeah. Um. So I think I, it was last year, and I got this. I got this buddy of mine. His name's Steven Sierras, and uh, I posted a few pictures about him. Really, really good guy. He's a young guy. I think he's twenty. He's mid twenties, early twenties. Um, he works with my dad, surprisingly, but me and him are closer in age, so we're we're kind of. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm stealing my dad's friend, but I'm stealing my dad's <laughs> friend. <laughs> um. So I brought he brought me out on a hunt out at a, he he he's a blind member in, in our blind in the beef sink, and uh, it was just me and him and it was a slow day, slow like really slow. And he was like, "I'm about to shoot a freaking cute two today." I was like, "No, don't do that." <laughs> I was like, "I want to do it." And, uh, don't do it. And, I'm gonna do it. Don't do it. And um, this bird flies in, and it's I mean the sun's in our eyes. This bird's flying in. He goes finally a, a duck, shoots it, drops it, coot. <laughs> and he's like yeah he runs out there grabs it he's like dancing with he's it he's all excited about it he's all excited about it I'm like alright Steven you know whatever and he goes next I'm, I'm not shooting coots anymore and then like a three pack of ducks is like coming over the, the butte sink and I know exactly what they're at. I'm like I'm putting my gun out and he goes oh yes teal pops it ruddy duck <laughs> runs out there I know a couple it. people like that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, it's, and then, um, yeah, I guess, I guess that'd be the, the, the fondest. I mean, that's, a, that's the one closest in memory. I'm sure there's funnier things, but that's funny. this, this guy's, this guy's just always like cracking me up. He's always having a good time, you know, not afraid to dance with a spoonie every now and then. <laughs> spoonie <laughs> lives, like, spoonie lives matter, man. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm trying to shoot a big old green head today. I'm like, yeah, me too. Mallard comes in. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, big old goofball. He's a he's a really good guy. Um, but yeah, I guess that I guess that'd be my my closest funniest memory uh, of a duck hunt. Man, I think you. I was gonna say I was. The next question was gonna be is what's your craziest duck hunting story? But I'm I'm almost wondering if you already told us us told us that about the Eurasian widgeon with your brother. Uh, that'd, be the, yeah, that'd be hard that, to top. Dude. That's hard to top. Yeah, I mean, um, that I've never just, even heard of that before. Yeah, that one's just the most. Uh, yeah, I guess that was be the craziest. I guess the other craziest. I guess this this would probably be closer to my best duck hunt, and um, I was with Steven again, and we brought our buddy Wade. 
his buddy Wade. I'd never met him before. I, his name's Wade. And we went out to Little Dry Creek on a on a reservation, and uh, it was Wade's idea to go to the spot that I mean, I thought I knew Little Dry Creek pretty well, and I was like, okay, I mean, it's not my reservation, so whatever. I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Blind Three, I think. Um, but we went free roam, and we happened to be the only people in the pond. Uh, it was a it was a hard north wind. Oh, that's money right there. A hard north wind, and nobody was in the pond. What? I mean, what, I, was this it was on a Wednesday or what? Uh, it was on a Sunday. Oh, okay, okay. It was on a Sunday, and um, you know the the hunt started out, and I was like, man, there's a lot of mallards flying around, but they're high, like high mallards, like migrating. And I was like, you know what? I wonder if I should just like sit green today. Um, you know, group. Then first happens to be the first group that comes in as a pair of widgeon, and then Stephen and Wade drop too. And I was like, oh yeah, right on, right on. And a little later in the evening, I. I think I shot. Uh, I think I had four mallards. I think we were sitting on um, eight mallards at the time. We were just having a good time, and, right? You know, see, you know how Steven is, big old goofball, and then Wade's just the same, big old cackle laugh, like sailor mouth. I mean, I was just, I was dying the whole time, and and we ended up shooting uh, how many? I think we shot fourteen mallards, and then the rest were like widgeon and a couple pintail, and we were sitting on one bird left, and we all, we also haven't had two shells left and um this was i was out retrieving one of my mallards <clears throat> and uh i'm coming back and then i see this low group of five mallards just swoop right into the right into the blind i'm like mallards and then um we need what we, we needed one more bird and since it was wade's reservation we let him have it and he just dumped this green head and for the whole hunt we we had talked about um how Wade has never shot a banded bird in his life, and he's been hunting for 18 years. And I was like, "That's crazy, man! You're shooting a lot. I've seen, I've seen your Snapchat. I've seen you shooting a lot of mallards." He's like, "Yeah, whatever." And this, I mean, this bird is literally just sitting out there. And I was like, "You know what? Last bird of the day. I'm just, I'm just gonna take pictures of his retrieve." And uh, he went out and grabbed it, and he picked up that bird. And I swear, I, if there was anybody in that pond, I, they would have, their eardrums would have been gone because he screamed <laughs> so loud. He screamed so loud when he picked up that banded green head. I was. I mean, I'd never shot a band either, but I was so happy for him. I bet. I, felt I shot the band, and then I was taking pictures of him the whole time. And I have this series of like five or six photos, and in every single one of those photos, it's a different emotion. <laughs> the first one's excitement, the first <laughs> crying, laughter. I mean, I'll, I'll have to send you guys. The, yes. Uh, the, the series. I I actually posted it on my Instagram a while ago. It was okay. This, I think I've seen that. Season. I think I've seen that. Yeah, Sicky Gear ended up reposting it. Um, but there's my favorite images of him um, holding the banded green head, and he's, he's slushing through the water, and he, like he's just he's just roaring with excitement. He's he's got his eyes closed, his mouth's open, scream, screaming. <laughs> I wish I wish I had a video of it, but I'm glad I got the pictures because, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean it was just it was a crazy hunt. So we we ended up we ended up finishing um, with 21 birds, 21 good birds. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. At a refuge, and um, we ended up we ended up having the best shootout of anyone at the at that place. And you know, Wade's Wade, Wade is a really good duck hunter. I've come to find out he hits up refuges quite often, and every time he's he's successful, and every time, almost every time, he's pulling out good birds, which is hard to do. Like he'll he'll go out to Grizzly and just pull out, bang out five six mallards on a, on any given day. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's not easy to do. That's impressive. No, it's not easy to do. And um, yeah, it's just it's just really cool to uh -huh. see how like different cultures and how different people interact. And that that Wade kid is a good kid. And, uh, <laughs> dude, I, uh, <laughs> we're yeah. looking at the pictures right now, dude. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's yeah. like about exactly what I'd be doing. Yeah, especially was... the last bird of the day on a, an amazing day. Oh yeah, you, no, it's I mean... like now what? Like where do you go from here? You can't hardly top that. I mean, we, yeah, I mean, it was the last part of the day. We Those are I hunts you talk about forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. That's amazing, man. We, yeah. you, we cannot wipe a smile off our face. For... And people wonder why other people get addicted to, to duck hunting. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you have a success story like that, I mean, you just, you're just thirsty for more, I feel like. And I, I was too, for sure, right after that. Like, right after that hunt, I was like, I'm going to go to the I'm gonna go to the Calusa Refuge and just take pictures of birds because, you know, I feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
and yeah. I just went there for the sunset, and I just I just took pictures of birds, and I, I I ended up getting a really cool picture of a blue goose that day, and oh, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you thought that day couldn't get any better, it got better for me. So wow. that's awesome. I guess uh, what's what's cool about you know like taking pictures of, of birds out at refuges is the sheer volume of, of birds, especially when the white geese get in there. Oh man, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's you're literally sitting in the middle of 10,000 birds mm-hmm. and they're landing all around you. And that's something that you'll never get to experience if you're, if you had a gun in your hand, because mm-hmm. these birds are sitting there and they're loafing and they're feeding. And if somebody had a gun, like, they, they, I mean, they'd shoot, of course it's fun to, to hunt them like that, but it's also fun with the camera um, just to take it all in. And it is overwhelming. Um, you get so many birds on a given day, you get the white Rossies in, I mean, almost every it seems like almost every one of those Rossies is banded. Really? Uh, I was going to ask yeah. you that if you're seeing a lot of banded birds, I bet you are. God, I mean, it's it's insane. It, hey, like the, hey, Brandon, are you calling those in to see where they're coming from or going from? Have you, the birds? Have, well, yeah, like uh, if you're seeing collars and all that. Oh, yeah, I've seen um, I've seen spec collars. I've seen Ross collars. I've seen blue Ross. I've seen, I've seen just about everything. I've seen hybrids. Uh, my coolest hybrid, wow. I think... So I've seen um, God, what was one? Remember that lake I, I was riding my bike out to? Yeah, I saw a gadwall widgeon hybrid out there, which is a cool one. Um, wow! Have you ever called any of those or uh, put them in online to see like where they were collared at or anything like that? Uh, no, actually, no, I haven't. No, mm. I, I saw the only collars I've ever seen were like um, tracker collars. So they don't like I can't see the numbers on them because there's like a like a, a radio on it or something. Oh, okay. Um, like okay. I saw I saw the spec one and he had a radio collar and that was on a hunt too, which was kind of cool. I was on a hunt with uh with my friend Chris Tacatlian. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. His his Instagram is Ducks Dig Me. Um, <laughs> and I was out on a hunt with him and we we were sitting out at the uh, God where were we? I forgot where we were, but we were we saw this three group of specs and um, out flying out. There was a Pringle Brown. It was Brown spray painted. So it blended in, but I was taking pictures. I was like, Chris, there is a colored spec. He's like, you're lying to me. I handed him the camera. Like, cause sometimes I use my camera as like a, a as a you know, scope. Mm-hmm. And uh, he checked it out. He's like, you're fucking kidding me. And he tried to call it in, but they, those things were like a mile high. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just thought it was cool that I saw it on a hunt because usually when I see all my bands and stuff, they're, they're out, um, you know, where you can't hunt, they're in the closed zones. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen some pretty cool stuff. I've seen a double banded Ross. Um, I've seen a banded blue goose. I've seen hybrids. I've seen, um, blue wing, I've seen ton of blue wing teal, Eurasian widgeon, storm widgeon, just about everything. When's a good time. When, when's those times that you're out there doing that? If you don't mind me asking. Um, actually, uh, ideally I like to get out there late November um, early December, because that's when the pinto have start getting their. Well, they pretty much have their tails established, and uh, they're courtshipping a lot. And usually the light's pretty good that time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's also just what happens um, to be the when when the most birds are in the valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's ideally when I get when I like to get out there, and uh, then I take a break. Well, I don't really take a break. Um, the birds start you know moving out late. February and then I take a break for a little bit and get out in um, March and April and take pictures of wood ducks because that's when they start getting in those wood duck boxes and start filling up those creeks in the springtime and yeah. start mm-hmm. and they're most pinned yeah. out and good looking at oh that time. yeah those birds are just yeah, pretty amazing little little birds so to kind of wrap up this podcast I kind of wanted to just ask you and end it here is like what's your plan so what's your plans for the future I know you were telling me some things pretty cool that you got going on uh, yeah, uh, nothing set in stone yet, but, um, you know, I'd like to go to, I'd like to go to college and learn some classes. Uh, I'd like to learn animation and graphic design and marketing and, um, and, and hopefully get a, a little bit of a, a degree in, in business, um, so that I can freelance photography and videography and, you know, employ myself. But I also, it's possible that I have plans with Jake Latondras next year as, as far as, um, moving out to Colorado and um, I'm just working with him, kind of being wow. his little like, apprentice, and that would be a dream. But I also don't want to get too ahead of myself, and mm-hmm. I know that education is important, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that he believes that as well. 
Um, so I haven't really made a, a set decision yet, but, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of up in the air. I'm curious to where this next year takes me. I'm sure that I'll learn a lot of what I want to do throughout this next duck season, because it seems like every year, every duck season, I'm starting to get more and more connections and I'm starting to get, um, a better idea of, of what I want to do and how I want to do it. Um, Jake is a great guy. He, he doesn't only do waterfowl. He also does big game. He's, a uh, I mean, he's just an artist. He he's an artist with his words. He's an artist with his work. Um, he knows how to talk to people. He knows how to make connections, and and that's ultimately all the all the uh, characteristics I like to have when I go out into the world. Um, yeah. So learning from him is huge. Uh, he works. He does a lot of work for ESPN too, as far as uh, the Bathmaster. He's one of the cameramen. On oh, nice. The um, he does a lot of other big game work. He, uh, he, uh, part owner of Prairie Rock Outfitters. Um, yeah, he just does it all. And, uh-huh. uh, and you know what? I don't want to copy Jake, but that's a lot of what I want to do is freelance photography and videography, mm-hmm. just kind of be my own business and be my own, make my own schedule and just kind of travel and, uh, and do my own thing with a camera. And that's my dream. That's awesome, dude, and I think you're going to be very, very successful because not not only do you have good uh, mentors, like you said, and your family that supports you, but you have the true talent. Like it's you know legit, and I know you know that, and I know you don't. I just appreciate appreciate that you're humble and you just work hard and put your you put your time in. It's definitely just not uh, handed on a silver spoon. You you worked for it, so that's super cool and great story. And I know all the listeners are out there. You guys are going to enjoy this story and. Don't forget to follow Brandon on Brandon Fien, F-I-E-N, photo on Instagram, and uh, you will be blown away. In fact, it's funny because you guys, if, if you don't know that name, I guarantee you, you've seen a lot of his photos and you just don't know that it was him. So that's pretty cool and incredible uh, young guy, uh, California boy. So it's cool to represent. us. Represent. Represent. <laughs> us California boys out here. It's cool to see the talent that's coming from here. You know, it's not always across the country. It's right here in, in our home state, really not too far from where we live. So guys, watch out for it. Uh, me and Brandon were talking. We'd like to hook up and maybe do a video or two on something. We haven't really figured out how we want to do it, but you guys might be seeing them on our YouTube channel too. So before long. So anyways, Thanks, Brandon, for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. No, thanks for thanks for having me on. It was a great talk. Um, I'd I'd love to get out with you guys and you know take some pictures, you know, shoot some video, just have a good time on a hunt or two. For sure. And, and um, you know, I, I think we I think we're uh, I think we have started a a, a good friendship. If, yeah. if you will. Yeah, so, I I feel like we hit it right off, man. I you know I felt like you kind of a little bit more. There's more mature for your age, and that's cool to see. I mean, it's not like you said. It's not that you can't fun have your dirty jeans and dig around on a truck and work on it and stuff and whatever, do your thing. But it's cool that you've got the business mindset of it and you're thinking of the future, you know, you're not just thinking about the here and now. So it's cool to see that in the next generation that's coming up. And uh, anyways, we thank you, man, for coming on and uh, guys check them out. You won't regret it. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. We'll see you on the next one.